friends, family, esteemed guests, colleagues, acquaintances, anybody really. Uh, today, we're here on the Sunday Morning Pod to celebrate the life of who is arguably the first podcaster in America, Rush Hudson Limbaugh III. Uh, he passed away today of lung cancer, uh, February 17, 2021. We're recording this a little in advance. And in the spirit of his recordings, I think we should dig down farther for the truth. The mainstream media will report that he died of lung cancer, uh, but we all know the truth is Rush Limbaugh died from shitting and pissing himself too hard at the same time. I don't think there's much else to say. He is survived by his wife, uh, Catherine. He has no children, and he's also survived by your shittiest uncle. Uh, so from all of us here at the Sunday Morning Pod, uh, we offer our condolences and uh, rest in piss, big buddy. Rest in piss. Absolutely. Rest in piss, bitch. Good morning. Sunday morning. Uh, good morning. Sunday morning. Welcome back to the Sunday morning podcast. I'm Lyle. I am joined today by Tom. Hello. Adam. Oh, God. Howdy. Zach. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and Alex. Hey, what's going on? Later on, we are going to be joined by friend of the pod, Elliot, at Elliot Canty. And other than that, I don't think there's anything to go into, so let's just jump right into it. Wow. Everybody who's like a guest on this pod is going to like, it's going to like fuck up their resumes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I actually, as as I was yeah. saying that, I was as just you're like, saying his should last I name? tell people yeah. that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, we can cut it out later if we want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bleep it. Bleep it. Keep him at on Twitter, but bleep his actual ad. But then bleep it so he doesn't get any new followers from this at all. Exactly. I mean, it does have his full goddamn legal name, so we probably shouldn't be putting this it's man true. on blast. We probably right. shouldn't. On a podcast where we're talking about how Rush Limbaugh pissed and shitted. <laughs> I was on a podcast last week where they dropped my full fucking name like three times. And I was like, that's fine. Whatever. I guess I'm just... <laughs> I'm just out there. Yeah, you're out there. I'm going to get oh doxxed. <sighs> I can't wait till I get fully doxxed. It's going to be an experience. It's going to be freeing because then you won't have to worry about right. it. Right. It's, it's a lot of people pretending like they're going to beat your ass. And it's like <laughs> a lot of like a lot of people like straight up like it's it's like not even a caricature. It's like it it is real. It's like the people with no profile pictures with like their first name and a bunch of numbers. Bunch of numbers. And they're yeah. like. Yeah, they're like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm like, okay, Tony, 1933, I'm sure you are. Like, Tom, here, here's a thought, though. You probably wouldn't get doxxed as much if you didn't keep messaging people and giving them the address to the Whole Foods next to the house you used to live in, telling them to come there and fight you. Dude, or your I don't literal even house. live there anymore. Yeah. yeah I don't, how long I don't, did you do that? There was there that anymore, period of like... So several years i saw it happen at least twice on the timeline oh yeah i swear to you just kept posting the fucking whole foods parking lot (laughs) i had to cut 10 minutes from the last pod because tom just docks themselves and at several points we said hey maybe stop you're doxing yourself and they just said no 
I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Powerful. It was a full 10 minutes. <laughs> it reminds me of a... Uh screenshot i have somewhere of alex and he just says tom is powerfully stupid <laughs> yeah like you're, you're dumb as nuts dude but like it's in a it's in a way that makes you strong my my favorite thing about rush limbaugh dying besides him just being dead in general is that like every article you see in like the media is just like rush limbaugh tried his hardest to ruin america and now he's dead and that's like the title of every fucking article. Like, so good. He trended on Twitter with the the tags like "rot in hell" and "good riddance," and like that's what he trended with on Twitter today. It's amazing. R.I.P. Bozo. Like, yeah. yeah. Just Rush Limbaugh trending with "get fucked." Like that that one picture where it's the guy standing outside the funeral. He's like he's like went to my haters' funeral to make sure he was dead. He was dead. <laughs> That video that someone put in the group chat where it was like a rap song where they're like, fuck yo, homie, he dead. And they like, quote, yeah. tweeted Glenn Beck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was lucky enough to catch uh, the, the topics he was trending with. It was Rush Limbaugh. And then it was uh, Prince Philip, of course, who <laughs> is also on the verge of death right now. Prince Philip has been on the verge of death for 20 years. Let's talk about <laughs> Prince Philip real fucking quick. Prince Philip is like yeah. an umbrella corporation experiment. Like he is past dead. Prince Philip and Mitch McConnell are the two living human beings I've seen that are closest to zombies. Absolutely. Yes. Prince Philip looks like somebody took human skin and stretched it over like a bone frame. You mean a skeleton. Those are called skeletons, Alex. <laughs> you know, like a, a human outline. <laughs> so imagine if a human didn't have any skin or anything and it was just the bones. There's no word for that, but so imagine if there was. <laughs> no, not a skeleton. But yeah, his fucking eyes are like sunken way back into his skull. And I feel like every time he breathes, it sounds like you're inflating and deflating a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. reading the Rolling Stone article about Rush and his uh, legacy, and almost this whole thing is just about his relationship to the the capital in the capital, um, the capital insurrection. The what? Um, which is neat. <laughs> like this dude's been the biggest piece of shit in America for like thirty years, and they're just like. You know, Rush Limbaugh's fine, but man, man, January 6th is where he really, he really yeah, as, crossed the line. There. As, as we discussed last episode, it was 9-11 too. And yeah, uh, right. his, his biggest crime was uh, tweeting through it. You know what his real crime was that the media crucified him for? Being white. That's right. I'll say it. Don't cut that out. Don't put that in the pocket. Uh, no, but like, for really, like for like thirty years almost, he's been just like spouting poison into everyone's like yeah. Republican uncles or dads in some cases, like my own, just like horrible talking points that they can bring up at dinner to make you uncomfortable. That's he, what he does. He is the reason that like Republican extremism has made such like a casual rise mm. in the past yes. like twenty years is because of like the shit that he does. Like he's fucking he was cancer like jesus christ yeah he poisoned the well that was already poisoned to begin with right i was talking 
with my family earlier today and they were like, I don't know how anybody can, you know, wish, you know, ill of someone else or like talk poorly about him after he's dead. And, you know, they were like, I didn't agree with all of his uh, words, you know, all of his practices that he would talk about. But like, how can you how can you not? You know, he had that segment on his show, uh, apparently, where he would uh, every time someone new died of AIDS, he would ring some bells, be like, ding, ding, ding. That's another faggot dead. You know, or something like that. I forget what his exact words were. But like, if you're a member of the LGBTQ community and you hear that kind of rhetoric from him, you're going to want him fucking dead. I mean, that's how I feel. You know, even if you're like very conservative, um, I don't get how you can't empathize with those communities that are getting such hate and vitriol from this guy. Because if you contained any capacity to empathize with human beings, you wouldn't be a Republican in the first ah, place. Ah, yeah, that's there. It is. Yep that <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yep, take it. I did find a compilation, an article that's just a list of terrible things Rush Limbaugh has said. And number one is: Have you ever noticed how all composite pictures of wanted criminals resemble Jesse Jackson? Jesus. That's there, that's the caliber oh of content we're dealing with. That's here. like old school racist. There was a fucking like monologue he went on that I heard where he was like, Yeah, on the left, uh anything sexually is okay as long as there's consent. That's the magic word. That's the key, as long <laughs> as there's consent. But the moment they think there might not be consent, that's when the rape police get called. And it's like, Yeah, man, that's kind of how it that's, works. Yeah. That's what sexual assault is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to hear it in the fucking car for like 15 of my years on this earth, Alex, Jesus unfortunately. Christ. I don't think I've ever heard his voice before. It's like he's like the proto Alex Jones. Okay. I was, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I assume yeah. that just from like Sounds looking like at him, him talks perfect like him. description of him. Yeah. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh walked so Alex Jones could fly. Alex Jones is the evolved like Homo sapiens form, and fucking Rush Limbaugh is those like fossils that they find in like Europe and Africa right. that are like proto humans. Right. <laughs> He was the first step in the evolutionary chain. Alex Jones is just like millennial Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> He's just the more batshit one. Like, not to say Rush Limbaugh is not batshit, but like, like the reason he was so popular and so famous is because he appeared reasonable to people who are already so far right. Yeah, Alex Jones is the one who says the frogs are gay. Yeah, I think Rush is the one that really started like the... um. Conservatives have been really good for the past couple decades about like portraying conservatism as like common sense and mm -hmm. portraying the Republican Party mm -hmm. as some kind of pro worker, pro everyman party. And I think right. that Rush really started that. Like before that, it was very obvious that the Republicans were the party of capital and rich people and business owners, and they, they weren't ashamed of it. And Rush really came up with the method for portraying that ideology as something that your uncle Jim could relate to. All the while being a man with a net worth of $600 million. Exactly. Yes. Yep. That did also, however, Lyle coincide with the sort of what I would call the quote unquote fall of the Democratic Party, where they shifted away from, you know, labor practices and union support and shit like that and started to take certain constituencies for granted so you Absolutely. know at the same time the 
Rush and the Republicans were painting themselves as the common sense people. The Democrats were doing everything in their power to appear less working man and less common sense. Yeah, according to this Rolling Stone article, Rush got started in 1990, which is the perfect time to hop in because Mm -hmm. that's when Bill Clinton was getting Mm -hmm. in. Like within the same decade, you get Fox News rising in popularity, you get Rush Limbaugh on the radio, and you get Bill fucking Clinton as the figurehead of the Democratic Party playing his fucking saxophone. Yeah. So also, uh, I would just like to back up uh, for a quick second, uh, Alex. You said the the fall of the Democratic Party. Uh, I just wasn't sure what <laughs> you you meant by that. <laughs> we we got okay, nothing well, but bangers historically speaking. <laughs> in like way back in like the early 1900s. They actually did have some power and some um, union like support and stuff. So I I would argue that there was a fall. I think it was quick and it was hard, but there, you know, they did have some relevance and weren't just a shitty group of dinosaurs way back in the day. So AM radio is definitely dead, right? I would hope so. I would argue no, actually. Really? Rush Limbaugh is dead. Yes. Uh, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> the reason I would argue that AM radio is not dead is for two reasons. One, um, baseball. There is going to be a huge decline in conservative talk radio um, because Rush is gone, but there will be smaller people that fill his place, mostly on the local level. And two is a lot of AM talk radio is sports. Yeah. Um, and I think there's always going to be a you know somewhat smaller but i think there's always going to be an am talk radio sports uh contingent i work at best buy and we sell radios and i know for a fact that am radio isn't dead yet because i still get old people coming in asking for am radios specifically they're like i don't care if it does fm i need am and i think (laughs) a lot of that is like sports and stuff and that generation is dying off but i think the more important thing is that need um, a cb radio Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Victor one niner, Victor one niner. This is Rush Limbaugh talking to you directly. <laughs> no music, just truckers. <laughs> your trucker your trucker name is Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> it's not like they have their code names, but you chose Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> but I think the the important thing to think about is that like while AM radio, like as a literal medium, is dying for sure, like the the spirit of conservative AM radio is more alive than ever in the form oh, of podcasts. Like, yeah, we should we, fill we the have void. our show, and there's <laughs> for every one of our shows, there's fourteen conservative idiots with a microphone doing exactly what See, we're doing. We're just out here to dilute it. <laughs> we're just here to make right. it harder to find theirs. You don't have to like ours, but you got to at least scroll past us to get to some other bullshit. So. <laughs> we're just trying to clog up the database right. we should uh we should start an am show <laughs> we should just uh, broadcast this <laughs> break every fcc fcc regulation <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to shut your station down you cannot talk about dick and nuts on public airspace <laughs> you can't talk about rush limbaugh sucking you from the back i'm sorry okay no that's bullshit <laughs> They can't censor me like that. If I want to talk about dick and nuts on public radio, the FCC cannot do shit about it. I'm God. They can't stop me. It's, Not gonna if, if we if Tom doxes themselves, yeah. it's out it's all there. Nothing. There's no editing it out. God, can you imagine doing this live? Oh, my God. No, thank you. 
How much do y'all trust me? I don't fucking <laughs> trust you at all, Tom. Tom will all get right. shot Fair during enough. it. Tom, I've known you for long enough that I know not to trust you with fucking anything. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> so do we have... Uh, do we have anything more we want to say about Rush Limbaugh, or do we want to move gonna, on to uh, what Lyle wanted to talk about with I'm the I'm going to find his body and shit in its mouth. That's all I had to say about it. But, uh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on from that, then. I, um, I said earlier, I work at Best Buy, and I was at work today. And obviously, you know, no one in PR, CNN, no one can fucking shut up about the stimulus. And of course, they'll say that Republicans are holding it up, but I don't think it's even reached that point yet. The The thing that, that made me want to talk about it, though, is I work with with mostly like teenagers, right? Kids who who have nothing to do with politics or anything. And today, my coworker came up to me and he's just like, I nothing really brought it up. He just walks right up to me and said, what the fuck is Joe <laughs> Biden up to? Which, first of all, good point. But second of all, he's like, listen, my my family needs money right now and we were promised fourteen hundred dollars and it's just not fucking there at which point some other people got involved Uh, it was me and and actually was the one who brought up the fact that like if the plan that they're going with right now goes into place trump will have given more money to the american people than joe biden did Mm -hmm. the guy who campaigned on giving more stimulus to people and it's really striking because obviously like this is all shit we've known for a while now this is nothing new this is not a Mm -hmm. news show but the idea that like three teenagers at work a are struggling for money is a, a terrifying sign for where we are as a country right now and b that these people that are not politically involved are recognizing the failings a of the democratic party of the entire system we work under and see that they are favoring the Republicans in this regard, it seems like, right? Like they're like, Trump's the one that helped me more. Biden's fucking up. It's it's just so telling. And it's like, my main question is like, what the fuck are Dins think they're going to do with this? Like there's a year and a half left already until midterms and they're going to get eaten fucking apart. To me, it shows two things. And the first thing it shows is the the sort of the, the how the public does not want to see, you know, the games. Basically, they don't want to see politicking and uh, words and shit. They really don't care about that. They care about Trump gave me X dollars. Biden gave me less than X. Yeah. You know, there's that. And then also it's that the. Republicans to some extent and the Democrats almost entirely basically cannot understand politics besides the game. Does that make any sense? They can't understand it in a way that is not, oh, we're going to get one over on the Republicans Mm -hmm. or we're going to execute our campaign strategy. They just have no connection to the average person and the fact that the average person needs money. It's all a game or a long move to them. And all that matters to them is that they got into power by promising something they don't have to deliver on. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore because they're already in office. That's that's the thing that pisses me off the most, right? Is that like, I guess the thing that sticks out to me the most actually is that they don't understand how good a winning strategy it would be to just do the shit they say. Like, can you imagine if if within the first 60 days of Biden's presidency, if they had actually sent out 
2000 or even $1,400 checks. Like if, if these three kids had not been needing money that badly and their families didn't need money that badly, they could look at it and say like, oh shit, voting for Biden actually did something for me. I'm going to keep doing that. But instead they feel fucking, it's like the political version of rake rolling. It's like Biden was like, hey, look, look at this cool link. Click this. And everyone said, all right. All right, Uncle Joe, I'll click it. And then they clicked it. And it's just a video of Joe Biden shitting down a snorkel and saying, all right, suck it on up. Like, Uh And the fact that they believe there's some fairness to it, like they, they think they have to play the game right or whatever. They don't. They have all three fucking houses. You just ram your shit through the Senate and make the changes you mm-hmm. need to make because that's what the republicans right. are doing they don't give a fuck about fairness that like that age is gone yeah there's two options when you look at the democrats like one is that they don't know how to effectively use political power and political capital or two which is way more cynical and unfortunately i think way more likely is that they have no willingness to do so because democrats yeah. only win elections when they can point to the big bad yeah, that's it. democrat in office and and coming up on midterms i know someone brought that up earlier in 2015 there were no hugely visible material issues facing the wide majority of the american population i mean at least that were being covered by you know the media and just being talked about things appeared on the surface to be pretty good even though we know that wasn't the case that that was how they painted all trump voters is like dumb hicks Mm -hmm. uh acting again like only voting out of racism now we actually have this material cudgel that democrats are gonna have to reckon with they can't blame trump for losing the midterms they can't blame racism where's the fucking two thousand dollars that's that's the other thing about this conversation i had at work that really threw me which is out of the four guys talking i was the only white guy like I feel like like the Democratic Party has has been leaning very, very heavily on the fact that non-white people will vote for them by default. Mm-hmm. But I also think that I mean, we kind of saw it in the presidential election light. We saw a bunch of uh, Latino communities. <laughs> 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 totally just said, he totally just said presidential erection. And he, he just glossed right over it. <laughs> All right, you know what? Fuck my point. I'm done. <laughs> Adam's Adam's face lit the fuck up. <laughs> you. <laughs> I I was looking right at Tom. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I saw Tom crack a grin, and I was like, uh oh. My point is that it's it's becoming very clear that within an election cycle or two. The Democratic Party is no longer going to be able to rely on minority votes, which is a Mm -hmm. giant portion and arguably the portion that puts them over the top when it does. It almost always is. And they took that uh, block for granted in at least the past Mm -hmm. three presidential elections. And it bit them in the ass most of the time. Yeah. And that's because those people are starting to see like this party isn't doing it for me. And a lot of them are switching to the Republican Party, and obviously they're going to do even less by by some metric. They're going to do even less. But the point is, they're they're alienated. They're saying no one's looking out for me. But if the Democrats lose that base, they're going to lose every time. The Republicans have won pretty often without it at all, and now that they're going to have it in their pocket, it's a surefire win for the Republicans every single time. 
And the Democrats are going to be faced with a choice, which is, are we going to actually do anything to materially improve the lives of our constituents? Or are we just going to sit around and jerk Nancy Pelosi off day in and day out until she joins Rush Limbaugh in the in the in the warm place? Well, the the Republicans <laughs> can so easily point to the Democrats and say, hey, you like disenfranchised people. They don't give a shit about you. And they're not wrong. Like they're not wrong in saying the Democrats haven't done anything for you. That's that's the thing. It's it's not that the Republicans are right in being, you know, racist, xenophobic shitheads. It's the fact that they have errors the Democrats have made to point to and they can say this is bad. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what the Republicans are championing if they have the Democrats to scapegoat and they do. They always do. Exactly. And as for as for how it relates to, you know, minorities being a large part of the Democratic constituency, the large part of the Democratic base. I don't think that, you know, people have been saying it for years that they'll they'll grow tired of Democrats never actually delivering. And that like hasn't happened yet. This has been going on since like before Obama. But like the other option is like, where do these people go? Because I don't think they're in the Republicans pocket so much as, hey, we can convince these people. Mm -hmm. Like the only strategy is (laughs) that Republicans can see is either these people keep voting for uh, Democrats and nothing happens, which of course benefits Republicans or uh, what's way more likely, especially as you know, older generations die off is you've just got fucking communities plagued with well-reasoned political apathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be about 50, 50, but a 50, 50 split that way still benefits the Republicans. And that it's something they've yeah, been considering yeah. too. There was a big uh, uh, leak that came out from right before Donald Trump announced his campaign for presidency, like an internal memo from the RNC about their plans going forward. It was his And nudes. their plan was to try and start poaching minority voters. And, and we saw they didn't even need to do that in the presidential election. Huge swaths of Latino voters voted for Republicans. And it, it's not like they have to take mm-hmm. the entire group from the Democrats, but they have to take. Did I say erection again? I saw Zach smiling. No. <laughs> but yeah, no. They just have to take little bits and it's going to be enough to completely topple the de- the democratic plan. It it seems like the democratic game plan for a while has just been to like Erection. stop the bleeding of <laughs> like losing losing democratic voters to the Republican party and not realizing why they're losing them and just trying to move further right to get them back and not trying to solve the problem at hand. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, they're relying on all these weird symbolic victories mm-hmm. when there's three people that I work with that can very plainly see that their bank accounts are still shrinking. Yeah. And all the Democrats would have to do is ease that shrinking a little bit. And they would be like, all right, cool. I'm on board. The, the news broke, like, I think today that Lori Lightfoot gave 68 percent of money that was intended for like COVID relief to Chicago PD. Which is no super cool and good. Two hundred and eighty-one point five million dollars in federal COVID nineteen relief money straight to the Chicago Police Department. How have we not fucking thrown her in a jail cell and tried her for crimes? I I tweeted something about that the other day where I I think I said, like, as soon as anyone wins an election in Chicago, we should just cut to the Jace and put them in prison because it doesn't (laughs) matter. They're all going to do something. Yeah, What is it with you, Illinois people and doing? I think they just get caught more because they're like expect it in Chicago. 
where it's like like, like we had rod blagojevich we had fucking <laughs> any like any like pre-1950s chicago mayor was in the mob 100 percent was just in the mob probably like rod Bl- blagojevich was also in the mob i don't know the only thing I know about Lori Lightfoot, mm-hmm. I, I heard about her as soon as I moved here, and the next thing I hear, it's during the BLM protests, and it's just a different news story every three days about how Lori Lightfoot <laughs> just loves cuddling with cops, just loves crawling into bed, getting yeah. under the blankets, and, and feeling that warmth of their naked bodies. Lyle, you were kettled by Lori Lightfoot. I was kettled <laughs> by Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> by, by her personally she was pretty there. much pretty actually much. if you zoom really really far into the pictures you can see Lori lightfoot on horseback just just pointing at me bashing lyle in his bike helmet do, do you guys remember that fucking picture of her from yeah, halloween the press conference where she was yeah. wearing yeah, yeah where she's wearing like the child's superhero <laughs> outfit so holy shit good. Oh my god, yeah. I literally didn't know if that was real or if I dreamed that. (laughs) Also, in in the midst of all these uh in the midst of all these like winter storms, guess whose neighborhood was the first to get plowed and is like totally clear of snow? Fucking of course. Of course. (laughs) All right, let's move into the uh the online zone. What do we have going on on the wonderful world of the internet today, fellas? Uh I have something. I was tweeting today as is my want, and Stephen King, being a shit lib, said, oh, you know, no. it's the same stuff everybody's been tweeting for days, and will probably still be tweeting until um, these rolling blackouts are done, until until Texas is able to warm up a little bit. He said something mm-hmm. to the effect of, oh, you know, Texas, are you happy with voting for Republicans now that you're, uh, you're cold? Ugh. And I, I obviously personally ascribe to the philosophy that even if you're in a red state, you don't deserve to fucking freeze to death. Like, I don't even give it. I don't give mm-hmm. a shit who you voted for. Nobody deserves to die. And anyways, <laughs> I was talking because of governmental incompetence because of governmental incompetence. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. I was out there tweet tweeting and I told Stephen King to eat shit and instantly, <laughs> instantly, like probably two <laughs> to three seconds after I dropped it. 12 hour ban suspended for 12 hours because oh, I told yeah. Stephen King to eat shit. And honestly, it was worth it. It was worth it. Somebody needed to tell him to eat shit. All of us have been told to kill ourselves by liberals, but God forbid anyone insult the guy who wrote the worst version of The Shining. <laughs> I've been told to kill myself by other leftists. I get told that like a, like multiple times a month. Yeah. <laughs> Back to uh. Back to Stephen King, though, the the thing about that whole attitude, that whole like just fuck red states, let them freeze is like. No state is 100 percent red, even the yeah. reddest state, which might be Texas, is still like 35, 40 percent blue, which like there's there's they tens of millions of people who agree yeah. with you. They were what? They were 48% blue this election. Exactly. So almost half the people in that fucking state are on quote unquote your side. And you're just like, ah, fuck them. They, they, they didn't win. So let them freeze. Yeah, no, that's how it always is. Whenever Texas like undergoes a disaster and it's like severely underprepared, like we are on our own fucking power grid because we didn't want to be subjected to federal regulation. 
And so it's like we have these fucking rolling blackouts where it's like every like hour or two hours the lights will go off and and they say they normally only shut them off for like 20 to 30 minutes at a time they've been out for hours i know in some uh like i have a buddy who lives in a poor area of austin and he was telling me his power was out for like nine hours jesus isn't there a boil order now in austin yeah that's terrifying that sucks cool all right i think it's time for a break uh Let's do that real quick and then we'll come back and we got some more bullshit to talk about. Thanks again for listening to the Sunday Morning Podcast. Uh, The reception of that first episode has been unbelievably positive. We were expecting like three people to listen and it's been really good so far. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're... uh, listening to except for stitcher because we're not a real podcast yet if you're listening on an app that lets you rate podcasts please make sure to uh to give us a rating and say something nice it helps us uh grow i actually don't even know if that's true i've just heard other podcasts say it before so i figured i'd throw it in there i know it's true for itunes it is true but yeah go on and leave us a review helps us grow it also helps a lot if you uh share the podcast with your friends with your family if you don't send your dad our podcast you're depriving him and that's messed up. So send your dad our podcast and give us a follow on Twitter at Sunday underscore pod. Uh, you can also find our Patreon there only two episodes out, but you know, we're trying to milk this thing. I've got to stop working at Best Buy. I need it. So thanks again for listening. Give us a rating, give us your money and show your dad our podcast. Yo, hold on. We got Elliot with us, and you know what that means. It's time for our White Woman of the Week segment. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Elliot, take us away, baby. <laughs> yes. So, um, huh. I haven't really encountered any in the wild so far, like today. I think they're all hiding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Somebody, uh, somebody finally hit the White Women Extinction button. And like the fucking Thanos snap. <laughs> oh, we're getting canceled just... for this for real. <laughs> okay, wait. What's the what is this button? It's the white woman extinction. The, the button. white women extinction button. One press and all white women go extinct. It's like the nuclear codes. It's only yeah. given oh. to the highest level of security clearance in the government. <laughs> yeah. Joe Biden got in office and was like, "What is this button?" There's the nuclear briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, even if he knew what it did, he probably would hammer it because we all know Joe Biden hates women. Joe Biden, all of his jokes are just like unironic, like women be shopping jokes <laughs> and like old man racism. Exactly. Like elder, like old slurs. Like you don't know what they mean. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> Calls me a slur. I got to pull out the dictionary to figure out what it, what the fuck he's calling me. <laughs> like, oh, uh, 1930. Wow. Huh? What's the etymology on that one? Could I have it used in a sentence, please? <laughs> Becoming a sommelier of homophobic slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Swirling a homophobic slur in a glass and sniffing it. Just to release the aroma. Joe Biden screams it at me. Yeah. Make sure it's properly aerated. So, this movie that we all watched, we all watched it, right? Did, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. did we? I watched it. Okay. okay it yeah. was only me and Lyle who didn't watch it. And then okay. I watched it. And 
Lyle, I also watched it. it. Well, it was on while I played Breath of the Wild because that's fair. I couldn't. I couldn't. No, Uh, that's because you're weak willed and a bitch. All right. Well, hold on. Before we go into it, we should probably introduce it. Uh, So Uh for everybody who is tuning in this week, we decided that we were going to watch and review Mike Lindell of MyPillow, uh, his documentary called Absolute Proof, in which he lays out what he refers to as absolute and undeniable proof of election fraud in the United States. And it is fucking beautiful. No, no, no. He says 100% absolute proof. That's what he says all the time. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll just Mm -hmm. go fuck myself. Y'all can finish this without me. (laughs) I love that he... He does what they do on like those infomercials you'll see on like cable TV at 2 a.m. and is like, I'm going to teach you these very important secrets at the end of this two hour film. You got to sit there and wait. I'm going to, I have absolute 100% proof and you're going to lose your shit, but you got to wait two hours. And then also, like, I, I, the first thing I thought as soon as I saw what this looked like and felt like is like, he just reached out to whoever films the infomercials for my pillow. This was oh, not absolutely. made by a documentary team or anything. Fuck no. Absolutely this is something not. this was like a three hour rant that Mike Lindell recorded himself and then he reached out to whoever made the MyPillow commercial and was just like, Have I got a job for you? <laughs> I think he went to like the public access television studio. I looked it up. The guy who produced this, his name is Brandon House. Brand, sorry, Brandon House, and he looks like a fucking goblin. Like he's literally just a hellish goblin of a man. He's horrifying to look at. Mm. So the thing that struck me with this documentary was the opening graphic, and I I said this to somebody. I think I was talking to Zach when I when we were watching the beginning of it. The opening graphic, it says absolute proof in big letters across the top. And it's got like a shitty like 720p, really low resolution picture of the United States below that with like some of the states outlined, but not all of them. And then in like fucking (laughs) Helvetica underneath that is like the names of the producers. And it's just the worst, absolute worst looking graphic. And that's how they chose to start out the, the movie. And that's that's how they started it out online was that graphic but this also aired on oan the you know the trump mm-hmm. news Network. oh yeah it did and what they <laughs> aired before uh <laughs> before it actually premiered was like this big disclaimer that said the information contained in this uh feature film or whatever is a product of opinion and should not be taken as any like (laughs) factual information it's so fucking funny (laughs) it took them a minute and a half to be like hey just letting you know we do not support this like this is not our deal like not only was he considered too like extreme for fucking youtube but (laughs) he got he was considered too extreme for like the safe haven for all the people who are too extreme for youtube to go and even those people were like "Eh, yeah i don't know if we can support this yeah like (laughs) oenn is basically one step removed from fucking stormfront so yeah the fact the the fact that they were like i don't know mike this is a little harsh like jesus (laughs) christ (laughs) what i love was the at the very beginning they had that graphic and then it cuts to mike 
and Mike is sitting in his chair and he's already sweating. Like the thing hasn't even started yet. He's already just like dripping sweat. And he's like, hi, I'm Mike Lindell. And he just fucking goes right into it. And then doesn't stop for two hours. He starts like going nuts about getting censored in the media. And he's like, they took away my Twitter. They took away my pillow Twitter. And he's like, before they erase me completely. And that's what he says. Like he's gonna get he's gonna get vaporized by Nancy Pelosi's eye lasers like at any second. He's he's gonna get turned into a pile of ones and zeros. The thing about that movie is that it's it's really just one old man arguing with himself. It's not like it's 100%. not like he reviewed the evidence and he sat down, he's like, Okay, I'm gonna have a thesis, and I'm gonna go point by point. It's just one man and it starts off mid sentence and it fades between several different mid-sentence points right. for two hours and then it fades hold on out. lyle he absolutely did review the evidence you remember that bit he he had uh, a, a screen up behind him on the tv that said georgia and it had a bunch of numbers uh, of different votes that had gotten uh mm-hmm. stolen didn't have any sources and it didn't have any like basis for what the numbers were from and the numbers were wildly off of what was actually likely but he had numbers up on the screen. He did research. Dude, there's a point where he's where he's talking about Wisconsin and he's like the margin of error was like it says the margin of error was 400,000 votes or maybe it's supposed to say 40,000 votes. You can't really tell cuz someone either wrote the wrong number or put the comma in the wrong spot. Cuz it says it says like 400,00 and that's not a real fucking number. So I don't know what's going on. He's like He's like, this could be the largest cyber attack in American states history or a clerical error. (laughs) Or they hacked us so bad they changed our math. (laughs) I do love that all of those slides were obviously written by like an intern at something. But if you look at the Uh bottom of each one in bold red letters, it just says these are estimates and more research needs to be done. Like someone on the team is just like... I know you told me to type this up, Mr. Lindell, but I'm not putting myself out there. This <laughs> is legally, your fight. I have to protect myself. The other thing that killed me was uh, the the cuts, the fucking cuts in this movie. Oh, my oh, they were so good. He'll be talking about Georgia and he'll say, oh, there were 500 votes stolen from here, 8,000 from here, 4,000 from here. And then as he's midway through talking about the next point, they'll fade to black and then fade in like six <laughs> words later in the sentence. They don't they yeah. don't cut the audio. They don't do anything. They just fade him out and fade him back in a little later. And then he talks more and then they do a jump cut. And there doesn't seem to be any like basis for when they fade and when they jump or like why. They have to no. do it right after he says it, right before he says a slur, they've got to cut it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Every time you see a cut, it means that Mike Lindell said the N-word three seconds later. Yeah, no, uh. it was it was a two-hour documentary, but I guarantee you they filmed for like 250-plus hours. Absolutely. Because like Mike Lindell would just get himself like super worked up and start talking. And like he'd like, okay, so my favorite, my favorite part of the documentary was when he's like, this is the largest attack in cyber history. And then he like, kind of like looks off to the side and all these numbers just start scrolling up the screen, like matrix style. Yes. (laughs) And and then they keep, they keep just replacing one sequence of numbers with quite literally the exact same thing, but in a slightly different color. 
So you get like four of them just in different colors, and it's so good. Can we talk about the different stock footage and graphics they kept cutting to? <laughs> Speaking of effects, I love that they couldn't even have like a PA off screen switching the slides <laughs> for Mike Lindell. He had like the college professor remote flipping on a, just a fucking TV behind him. Yeah. Okay, so one thing, I don't remember if they actually covered it. Uh, but he made a really big deal about the ballots that were driven to Pennsylvania and then goes, oh, don't worry. We're going to get into that later. And then I don't remember him ever actually <laughs> no, getting into it. I don't think no, he, he did. did. I don't <laughs> think he did. Uh, real quick, I just got to jump in here to tell the audience uh, we 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 lost Tom. They're not dead. They're just in the middle of a snowstorm and their Internet uh, uh, clipped out so uh, unfortunately they're not going to be able to join us for the rest of the goofs and gaffs in this episode but rest of us are still here we'll miss them I guess yeah the rest of us are here yep okay back to the show okay I don't even remember what we were talking about we we were somewhere in the middle of talking about the Mike Lindell doc it's literally been 45 minutes yeah we started having technical difficulties I downloaded a voice changer so I could get some auto tune and then um, it, it all just cascaded from there into a whole uh, big old big old bucket of diarrhea that we dumped on Lyle pretty much we didn't talk about the music which was very yes. funny it'll like piece in. Or like, like, like at some points and it's like creepy and like whatever, like all that they're saying is just bullshit. Like everything that they're saying. And then it's like the music's trying to like back them up. And it's the worst. It's like the funniest thing. The first time that I heard it, I thought like maybe my phone had chimed in over my AirPods and then it was playing. <laughs> and then I realized it wasn't. And I started laughing like audibly. Yeah, because it. It starts at a weird time and fades in just quiet enough that you're not sure if it's actually the documentary or if right. it's like something in your house or like yeah. what's going on. Alex and I were watching it on Discord and we thought someone else had joined the uh, we thought someone had joined the call. <laughs> yeah, it was just playing music, sad, soft piano That's music. Really funny. I can't even remember what context the music was being used in because, like everything else in the fucking movie, it doesn't make sense. The audio editing in general is just horrible. I know within the first like 15 minutes which is really all I paid attention to there there's a scene where he's going over the the like numbers from Georgia or some shit and he's just like and this many people voted when they were dead and then he just kind of like talks to himself and he's just like it's pretty it's pretty crazy if you think about it and you can tell that whoever's mixing the audio is having to deal with so much absolute bullshit they can't compress it or anything because he's just like just judging by the amount of of sweat on his body was on something. No, no, no. He's not on something. That he's got the Mike Lindell Recovery Network. Which <laughs> yeah, is no, not he's a cold, not a not crack scam. addict anymore. He was a crack addict back in the day. He is a re recovered crack addict at this point, I believe. Which like props to him. Props to yeah, him. Yeah, good for him. But that's yeah, good. The Mike that's Lindell awesome, Recovery but... Network is absolutely one hundred percent a cult. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Complete scam. There's no way it's not. Yeah. We're going to check the news one day and it's going to be um, the same thing as the Heaven's Gate suicides, except yep. they'll all be <laughs> resting on a my pillow. <laughs> oh the one that got me was uh, Dr. Whatever. I can't even remember what his name was. Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva. I yes. want to talk about Shiva so bad. He had he had apparently had four MIT degrees, which 
bullshit this man had four right. degrees. He was dumb as nuts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, he claimed to invent the internet. No, the email. No, no, no. He said he said he invented email. I looked into <laughs> that. He did not invent email at all. He trademarked the word email. <laughs> <laughs> they said that by the time he um, claimed to have invented it, it had been used. Yeah. He like he he took code that someone else had already made like seven years before then and was like, I'm going to trademark the term everyone uses for this and then claim that I invented it. And that's how they establish his <laughs> credibility, too. And apparently yeah. the day after the guy that like invented email, he was like, he died a liar. I invented email. <laughs> it was me the whole time. He's just a complete maniac. And Mike Lindell's like, yeah, this guy's a very credible source. I'm going to have him on my fucking documentary. Uh, one of the women that Mike brought on to talk, uh, Zach, remind me of her name. This guest is special to my heart. I'm a Michigan native, uh, born and raised. Our favorite local cryptid, Melissa Carone, um, is one of the witnesses here. <laughs> Wait, is that the lady who was the um, the judge? Like she, um, she was. Yep, yep. When Giuliani was bringing this to court, specifically in Michigan. Uh, She was his star witness that appeared just absolutely shit faced to the court hearing. (laughs) She she was (laughs) she she was the one like it was a Republican lawmaker questioning her. And he was like actually trying to ask good questions because uh, he realized what what Giuliani was doing was bullshit. And she just starts yelling over him. Uh, He was like. How many votes do you think uh, were were manipulated? Like 10, 50. And she was like, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> and then she started accusing him personally of unless you did something funny to it. <laughs> but yeah, she she is, of course, one of Mike Lindell's star witnesses. She supposedly worked IT election night. She worked as IT support. Uh, Her whole claim was that they were feeding the same ballots into the machine over and over again whenever one was misread, which just absolutely wasn't true. Um, I actually have a friend who was a like a poll watcher uh, in the same facility as she was and just absolutely didn't happen. I don't know how she came across that, but she said her IT director was there and telling her, don't start problems. We're just here for IT support. Like he was part of some grand conspiracy. Anyway, she's just she's one of my favorite people active in politics right now. And I might be wrong here, but I think she mentioned she's considering running for uh, Congress <laughs> or something like that. God, Christ. I hope. Oh, God, yeah, they I always so. do. They always do. Mm-hmm. I I love that that throughout the entire doc, Mike Lindell is holding a pen. And I never see him write anything down. <laughs> I don't know You're what right. he had it for. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, I missed that. Completely. I didn't even realize that. Wow. And also, if this was shot over five days, that means they had to keep track of the pen, and he kept <laughs> picking it up. No, he didn't sleep. He was just holding the pen the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they were pulled up there. They slept there. He slept in that exact chair. He did not move. Mike was the yeah. only one having a good time through this. I'm sure everybody else in yes, that studio business. like thought it was hell. Well, hey, I had a good time with it. <laughs> that's, Did that's, you? that's what matters. <laughs> well, thanks again for tuning into the Sunday Morning Podcast. Uh, we will be back with you next week on Sunday morning. You can check out the podcast on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast app you listen to. Twitter is at Sunday underscore pod. You can find our Patreon there. And it's going to help us a lot if you could share this podcast around. It means the world to us. You listening means the world to us. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Good morning. Sunday morning.